Welcome to the Big Cat and Rhino Show. It's talking into Dominion 2023. I'm your host, Scoop, from Little Birdie TV. We're in for a bit of a treat. We've got a, uh, a two-episode series on the biggest race meeting and series for the harness racing year. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Big Cat Matt Leppard to the show. How are you, Big Cat? Hey, Scoot. I'm good, mate. Good to be here. Great stuff. And uh, Ryan Spice, a.k.a. Rhino, also joins us, uh, fellow Queenslander. How are you, mate? Yeah, really well, Scoot. The, it's all just starting to heat up. December 1st is the first time that we sink our teeth in the, the interdom. But um, let's get a quick uh, background on you guys. Big Cat, you'd probably describe yourself as the biggest punter in Australia or maybe one of the sharpest in Australia um, or maybe just Victoria. What's uh, What's got you into uh, harness betting? Uh, I don't know about the biggest, but um, I, uh, I've been following the trots since I was little. So I grew up in Kyabram and Shepherd and up in country Victoria. And up around those parts of Victoria, harness racing's reasonably big. It's probably, you know, just about as big as, as gallops. And so my dad and my auntie, they sort of owned some horses when I was little. And I used to go to the trots at Shepparton, Bendigo, Ichuka, Cobram, all the Golden Valley sort of tracks. And, um, and the interest in the sport grew from there. And I started um, getting serious with the betting uh, probably around 2010, um, So, and prior to that, it was just sort of a bit of a hobby, but then that was when I started making enough money to realize that I could take it a bit more seriously, and then obviously, you naturally start to bet bigger, and and then I went full-time. Uh, I was about 2017, I think, so I've been full-time with the trots ever since. Yeah, nice one. And uh, what about you, Spicey? Uh, how long have you been grinding away on the harness, and, and where did the passion sort of start? And I sort of feel like I've been betting all my life. My old boy uh, would drag me to Albion Park on a Saturday night, pretty much religiously. So yeah, I feel like I was uh, brought up with the product, and it's my uh, it's my passion. I love it, and um, I've just been now sort of betting full time as my main income for about three years, and uh, yeah, things are great. Would you call yourself a uh, an Albion Park specialist, or do you dabble in a little bit of Redcliffe trots? Where's where's your happy hunting ground? Yeah, I, the bulk of my turnover is here in Queensland on the two tracks, but uh, I do have a very much a love affair for Redcliffe. All right, today's show is going to be an absolute uh, cracker. We might talk about the series, I guess, and have a look at how, how it all sets up and works. And it is all at Albion Park, which is great news. Top Sport are a, uh, a big wagering partner of Racing Queensland. And as I said before, it kicks on de- kicks off at December 1st, Albion Park. And there's obviously two formats. There's a Pacers and the Trotters. Run us uh, through how it all works, Spicy. There's a graphic on screen at the moment, and uh, I guess that's got the schedule up there with uh, all the dates of all the heats. But um, in simple terms, how does it all work? So the current setup is that the Inter-Dominion rotates between Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria on a cycle. And Queensland sort of stepped in to take New, uh, New Zealand's place, who pulled out of the race. Um, it's always at the moment. I'm currently sitting in this December window before Christmas. And, mate, the way it works is that the horses have four starts in a fortnight. We have um, three heats leading into the final. And this year, the way they're doing it is the mile racing is on Friday the 1st, and then the middle trip on Tuesday the 5th, and the third heat is on Saturday, December 9th. And then in some ways, the horses get a break, and they back up for the final a week later on December 16th. And then um, for, I guess, a lot of the little birdie TV viewers, the trotters and the paces, um, what's the best way to describe the different way they move for us uh, 
more rusted on horse racing punters? Yeah, so the easiest way to sort of understand the difference between trotting and pacing is just the way their legs move. So pacing is the same legs on the same side moving together and they use what's called uh, hobbles mainly to help them pace. And trotting is that alternate um, leg moving in sequence, whereas galloping is the two front feet and the two back feet working together. Um, So for the two gates, we have 36 horses competing for the paces and 24 for the trotters. And that means that we have the, the three rounds of heats, but when we split for the mile races, they're actually doing four rounds for the mile racing and three for the trotters. And they all score points and the top 12 make the final on the final night. So the final uh, is December 16. And I guess I remember when I was a kid, I'll, I'll show my age and show my hand a bit now, but uh, there, was, there was paces like uh, Shaker Maker, Blacks are Fake, and then I guess I sort of came back to the sport when Om the Mighty Quinn sort of went around. So they're the big names that I guess are harness racing when I think of the champions of the sport. Big Cat, what are the names and, and what are the, the big stars of the show that uh, resonate best with you or the big wins over the years? There's, but in the last 20 years, we've been very fortunate that, um, so Blacks are Fake won four into Dominions. Um, three of those were in a row and then he, he ran second and then won one and then ran second again. So he's had four wins and two seconds and he's the only horse to ever actually win four into Dominions. But in the last few decades, we've also seen our Sir Vancelot win three and I'm the Mighty Quinn win three. So we've been spoiled a bit since the nineties onwards that we've seen a few champions that have won multiple into Dominions. If I was to single out one as, as probably my favorite, I think I'd probably go back to 2010 at Menangle where Black's a fake. Um, it's when he won his fourth into Dominion after not winning the previous year at the Gold Coast. And it was a Sunday afternoon. There was a massive crowd there. I was lucky enough to be on track that day. And uh, on the big track there at Menangle, um, he came three wide solo and with no cover from about the 1,000 metre mark. And and those who know how the Menangle track races, um, it's almost impossible to come three wide that far out around that big last sweeping bend with no cover and still win the race. And he had Monkey King, who was a gun sit sprinter from New Zealand, sitting on his back from that last thousand meters and he still fended him off. Um, it was something that uh, I didn't think he could do, but, um, and the reception he got from the big crowd there on the day out when he came back to scale was, was just phenomenal. And it'll be a long time before we see another horse win four into Dominions, I think. What about that? Does that get the... Uh... How's that get the blood flowing for you, Spicy? It uh, almost gives me goosebumps, and I'm not really a rusted on harness punter, but I can remember some of his wins, and they're just breathtaking. Oh, yeah, he was just so tough. He just out-tough him. He'd work to the breeze or push onto the top and just last man standing. You know that? It's interesting. Cat brings up 2010. You know, I was on track as well, and I had a massive position going into Monkey King, yet halfway <laughs> down the straight for history. I, I actually started cheering for Blacks of Fake just, just for what it – it was a mag- it was a huge performance, and for the history of the sport, it was, you know, a few people kind of felt like we're riding him off coming into that series. But uh, yeah, what he did that day was that that's his mantelpiece for me. And what does what does the series mean so much to the industry? The rusted on people in this industry, you know, everyone wants to own an Inter Dominion winner or train one or drive one. It's it's our holy grail. It's kind of like those four big days of the Flemington Spring Carnival. Um, you know, the three heats into the final, it's it's everything. Um, it's just a shame that the prize money over the last uh, 10 years or so hasn't kept up with um, the status the race deserves. And fingers crossed, one day it'll be back as the pinnacle of the sport. Just on that, I think, um, like, if you go back through the history of the Inter-Dominion, it was actually first ran right back in 1936. 
Um, and the first Inter-Dominion was run in Perth. Um, so through the history of the Inter-Dominions, rotated through six states of Australia plus two states of New Zealand. So that's what the term Inter-Dominion actually means. Mm. Um, Australia is a dominion and New Zealand is a dominion and it is the Inter-Dominion between the two dominions. So from 1936, we, we they did have a break during World War II in the 40s. But the only other Inter-Dominion to not be run other than the World War II was in 2020 during COVID. So it does have a long history. Um, and I think if you go back to, you know, prior to the last 10 years, any any non-harness racing person, it's the brand that they can identify and say, hey, I know the Inter-Dominion. And therefore, that that's the one race of the year where they may latch onto and, and try and tune in because they have heard the term Inter-Dominion. So it has lost a bit of polish the last 10 years, and we'll, and we'll speak more about it in a minute on, on how we can try and get it back to the, its former glory. But when you look at the history, it's, it's probably got more history than any other harness race in Australia, um, particularly back in the Halcyon days when they were getting you know twenty and 30,000 to the track. Yeah, like as, as an outsider or a non-harness person, I just think it's you know the, the version of the Cox Plate. We've got the Cox Plate, which is, I guess, the, where all the champions are made. Um, that's what I'd like an Inter-Dominion too, and... It sounds crazy that New Zealand sort of aren't at the table, but of course, something as big as COVID was, um, it's been obviously the driving force. And is there a chance that New Zealand can um, get back to the table and uh, the New Zealand circuit is um, entertained as, again and uh, all the New Zealand horses are, are back in the mix? That's the dream. But at the moment, the only three states in the rotation are Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland. The other states are not wanting to be a part of the rotation at the moment, probably due to financial reasons. So um, last year it was in Melbourne. Uh, this year it's in Queensland. Next year, I believe it goes back to, to Menangle in New South Wales again. So um, at the moment, there's a bit of a divide between Australia and New Zealand, and and we're not seeing any New Zealand horses really come over at the moment, and and therefore also they're not part of the the rotation of the Inter Dominion as well. So the the dream is that we want all states to be involved by hosting it, and we want all states to be involved by having representatives racing in it. Um, but at the moment, it's the Inter Dominion, unfortunately, has become more of a just a an eastern states type of series between the three eastern states. Gosh, the harness racing in Perth, such a bit like it's hard to think that even WA is uh, broken free. Is it? What are they working on at the moment? Is it? Is it the pop up culture that's seeing um, horse racing in Australia sort of divided? Well, they did actually host three Inter-Dominions in a row back in fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and um, they they were very successful series. The issue with um, WA horses coming over for this series is that you've got the WA Cup, which was just a couple of weeks ago. You've got the Fremantle Cup and Nullarbor, which are their other two big races in April. So a lot of those horses that ran in the WA Cup are having a bit of a break to get ready for those races in April. Um, and the way that flights are at the moment, it's not as easy as just jumping on a plane and coming over because then you don't know when you're going to be able to get a flight back. Um, so there are difficulties with transport between the East and the West, which probably doesn't help the situation. Um, but in an ideal world, it'd be good to have the best of WA competing with us over here as well. So that seems to me that the timing's out of kilter. And how can you place it in the the right sort of spot? You've obviously got the Addington, Addington Carnival as well. What's what's the solution to get it in the right spot so all states are back at the table and New Zealand? Well, there's probably two key things that they need to do to get the Interbinion back on the right track. The first one is prize money. So this year, the final, I believe, for the Pacers is worth half a million. Um, which is the same as what it was in Melbourne last year and in Sydney the year before. Now, if you go back to the year 2000 when Shaker Maker rounded them up at Mooney Valley, it was actually worth $1 million the final that year. Wow. 
So 23 years later, and we've got half the prize money. And that was the first million dollar final. It was the first million dollar harness race in this part of the world back in 2000. And the attention around that series was phenomenal. If you want to get the best horses running in the series, given that it's three heats in the space of a week and then a final, it's very grueling and taxing. So at the moment for half a million dollars, a lot of the good horses are just bypassing it. Australia's leading trainer, Emma Stewart, has just announced this week that she's not taking any horses up to Queensland from Victoria. And I reckon largely a part of it is what's the point of putting your horse through this grueling series for half a million when there's half a million dollar race in Victoria, the Hunter Cup in February. Mm. So I think they need, first things first, they need to get the prize money back to a million minimum to at least then make it the richest race in Australia again. So at the moment, it's the third richest non-slot race in Australasia. You've got the Miracle Mile and the New Zealand Cup are both worth more. And then you've got the three slot races, the Eureka, the Nullarbor, and the New Zealand slot race all worth more than as well. So it's only the sixth richest race if you include slot races. So therefore, it's no longer the pinnacle of the sport financially. Mm. So we need to get it back to a million dollars minimum to get all the big names wanting to go there. But then also the timing of it. There's most of the feature races around Australia and New Zealand are in that summer period. And right now the Inter-Dominion is smack bang in the middle of that. If they move it to a, a quieter time of year where they're more likely to have clear air, something like through the winter, then that would make more sense to, uh, to have all the best horses to, trying to be attracted to the series combined with that extra prize money. Spicy, you're sitting quiet. You're echoing the same thoughts as Big Cat. Yeah. Number one is the prize money needs to be fixed. We need, we need a new mechanism to fund the Grand Circuit as a whole and make the Inter-Dominion the absolute pinnacle of it. Um, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. I really think the people at HRA need to step up to the plate here. You know, the Eureka was born and it was kind of like the equivalent of the hardest racing equivalent of the Everest to try and drive publicity and, and new eyeballs, which is fine. But this really is, as you said, this is like the Cox Plate. It still needs to be... Um, given its own great status. And I think you can easily, um, you know, come up with a new funding arrangement and, um, and save the grand circuit and hopefully see less of a drain of horses that are sold over into America and the like. It's almost got a hundred years of history and surely the States could combine and it wouldn't be hard to offer up a bonus system, win one of the bigger races title in together. And this could be the ultimate grand final and it could only do wonders for the industry. Yeah. Well, it seems easy on, on paper, but, um, the states, you know, HRA kind of turn around and point the finger that they're only there as sort of the mediator for the states and and the like. But um, as I said, where there's a will, there's a way. If they want to make it great again, we can, and hopefully it happens. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll watch that space for a while, but time to uh, have a look at the top sport markets on the pacing final. So top sport have got futures markets up already. There's a couple of markets on screen, and Leap to Fame is the – Odds on favourite here at $1.80, Swayze, uh, New Zealand Cup winner, $4.40, under some cloud. Uh, hi, my name is Jeff, is $8, and Rock and Roll Do is $8, and you've got better Eclipse at $14, then you start to get out uh, to the big rod, Spirit of St. Louis, $21, and uh, much bigger the rest. Let's talk about uh, Leap to Fame first. Uh, this is the horse that uh, you got a lot of time for, Spicy. Yeah, mate, he's, uh, he's a great horse. He's by the super sire, Better's Delight, trained and driven by Grant Dixon. He, in his three-year-old year, he won the three derbies, Queensland, New South Wales, and Victoria. He's won 25 of his 35 career starts. 
Uh, he's owned by a uh, uh, husband and wife team, Kevin and Kay Seymour. They've got uh, long roots in the harness racing game. And a um, bit of a Leviathan owner is old Kev. And he is considered the best horse that they've certainly ever owned or bred. Um, his strengths, he's a bit of a staying powerhouse, this horse. Um, he can just sit parked, keep coming, and you never, ever doubt the effort that he puts in. You can see now that in when he's up in this elite level, Pretty much everyone has to drive to beat him. Um, he's pretty much adapted and flourished at this grand circuit level in a relatively short period of time. Like he's made the step quite quickly. Um, and the other thing that I really love about this horse, he's kind of got the eye of the tiger. He just he just wants to win and um, he gives his all every time on the track. And the variation between his best and his worst is just so minimal. Uh, big cap, Swayze's under a little bit of a cloud here. $4.40. The bookies are sort of dangling the odds out. We spoke off air and you think the odds would be quite oh, more cramped and it would be nearly a Pickham style market if uh, he was guaranteed to to be there. What's the, what are you hearing? Yeah, so so Swayze ran in the New Zealand Cup last week over at Addington in Christchurch and he, he actually won that beating New Zealand's best paces. Um the whisper I'm hearing is that he hasn't pulled up all that well from that grueling two-mile race. Um, so it's, it's only a short turnaround, two and a half weeks between the New Zealand Cup and the first round of Inter-Dominion heats. And um, what I'm hearing is the horse hasn't pulled up all that well, and therefore there's a little bit of a query on whether he's going to go around in the first round of heats. And if you miss the first round of heats, or if you miss any of the round of heats, you're out of the series. You have to run in all three of the heats. So... If he was to come out of that market, then um, Leap to Fame would end up being very, very short. Um, the third favourite in that top sport market at the moment is Hi, My Name is Jeff, which is also a Jason Grimson trained stable mate of Swayze. But I'm hearing that it's actually not going to the series as well because they want to keep it to the, the big track at Menangle because it doesn't handle the tighter bends as well. So if both of those come out, then we're more or less left with Leap to Fame and then right down to Rock and Roll doing better Eclipse as the only other horses under 20 to 1. So... Um, in saying that, though, Rock and Roll Do is probably the only other horse in this series, if Swayze comes out, that might not want to hand up to Leap to Fame. I think everything else that I'm looking at in the nominations would be happy to hand up to Leap to Fame uh, should it be in the final, except for Rock and Roll Do, which held the front and didn't hand up to Leap to Fame in the recent Victoria Cup a month ago, and there was only a head between them with Leap to Fame just beating him home. So... Um, rock and roll do could be the fly in the ointment, uh, in regards to leap to fame. But I think if, if Swayze comes out, then, um, pre post before the heats, I think leap to fame would probably be as short as around a dollar fifty, dollar sixty. It's obviously, uh, fraught with danger sometimes, uh, shopping this early at, uh, such a prohibitive quote, but, uh, what about a horse like, uh, better eclipse or if you had to pull the trigger rock and roll do or, or better eclipses, is there, you got any opinion on better eclipse? I certainly couldn't put a place bet on the futures at the moment, purely due to the unknown of, of what's going to happen with Swayze. But if you were to ask me for a tip or something to back in the series right now, Better Eclipse is a horse that I like from a place betting perspective. Um, you can get $4 with Top Sport at the moment, which seems super odds, um, given that uh, when final declarations are taken next week, this series could thin out a lot. He's a horse that's been racing at the top level for the last two seasons now, and he did make the final, which was run in Melbourne last year. Uh, and, and Greg and, and Greg Sugars and Jess Tubbs are very accomplished trainers and drivers now, and, and they'll be heading up from Victoria with the horse. And, uh, and I think just around that price from a place betting perspective, I could certainly get involved with that, given that I don't, don't really want to tip or back anything for the win at the moment, given the unknown around Swayze. Spicy, what do you think about, uh, the chances around the favorite? 
Oh mate, he's clearly uh, he's clearly the horse to beat. I feel, and he's certainly due for a, a favourable barrier draw come finals time. Um, I think a dollar eighty right now with the doubt around Swayze coming. I think it's. I actually think that's fair value. Um, I can certainly entertain him at that price. Little fun fact that perhaps we glossed over is these two leading contenders in the pacing division are actually half brothers, so they're both out of the same mare. Let us reason. One's four, one's five. So it really is sort of hopefully we you know we're desperate for Swayze to come for the series and to make it into the battle of the brothers once again. Just on on that uh, that rivalry which has sort of blossomed between these two brothers over the last few months, they they've only clashed once. Um, that was during it during the Queensland winter in the Blacks of Fake, which is the biggest race in Queensland during the winter carnival. And Swayze led and leaped to fame, set outside him. This and and. Uh, Let the phone did get a, a flat tire that night and the beaten margin, which Swayze beat him by was around six to seven meters, but their starting prices that night where Swayze drew, I think it was gate three or two, and he started around six or $7 and Let the fame drew back row and started a dollar 40. So I think now that we've seen that Swayze is as good as he, he is having won the Blacks of Fake and the New Zealand cup, if it gets to race night and Swayze draws to lead this time. And he's he's gone through the heats racing well. Then I would think that he might even be the one that starts favourite if he's the one that draws the lead. What do you think, Ryan? I'd, I'd certainly agree. Um, on the thousand meter track at Albion Park, whichever of the two big guns is drawn to to push onto the top will be. All right, let's have a uh, a quick look at the trotters market, courtesy of Top Sport, and uh, just believes the favourite here at a dollar eighty. Uh, Queen Alita is three dollars sixty. Olivici is $7, Mafasa Metro $12, Majestic Lavros 17 and then you've got Adele at $21, and Constantinople 26 and better the rest. Who wants to kick off uh, here with uh, thoughts around uh, the favourite here, Just Believe? Yeah, I'll, I'll chat around that. So, last, the, um, so Just Believe is the horse that won the Melbourne final last year for the Trotters. Uh, Queen Alita started leaving money favourite in that, but only ran fourth. Um, just Believe since then has gone over to Sweden and participated in the heats of the Elite Lock, which is the world's biggest trotting race. Mm. And and he, he didn't uh, make it through to the final, but he did stay over there and ran in a couple of other races thereafter and did end up running a, a placing, I believe, some of the trotters in the world. He came back and had his first up run back in Australia last Friday at Bendigo. Queen Alita was in that race and she had, after working very hard early to get the front, she led and just believe popped around to sit outside her. And he won very, very comfortably, seemed to be doing it very easily. And will only be fitter after having a run um, back in Australia now. So it, I'm not saying that he's uh, he's over the line, but at the $1.80, I think uh, I'd probably rather be taking the $1.80 for, for Just Believe than the $1.80 for the fame in the Pacers division at the moment because we've seen on what we saw at Bendigo last week that he is certainly capable of sitting outside the second favourite and beating it. What do you think, Spicy? Agree with, with that comment? Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, he's just so versatile, this, um, this horse, Just Believe. He can do it at all. He's good gate speed. He can race on pace. He can make a mid-race move. He can sit parked. And what we saw last year in the Inter-Dominion series for the Trotters was that he built for the series and got better and better and better. And then he he actually belted them in the final. I think he drew back row, worked around them, and breezed and sat outside Majestuoso and, and put him finally picked him up in the last sort of 50 meters. But Queen Alita, she had the cold shot, sitting three pegs. And um, and yeah, and in my opinion, she was kind of sort of found out over that staying trip a little. So yeah, without a doubt, after he's 
burst up run back here in Oz, yeah, just believes should be the clear favourite. Is there any uh, different form or is there a sleeper uh, outside those those two short in the market? It's a very, very skinny series. So quite often what we find is when the, Victor- so the Victorian trotters are generally better than the other states. And it looks like this Inter-Dominion series is really thinned out. It's going to be a handful of Victorians versus a bunch of Queenslanders. And generally, the Queensland trotters don't really measure up against the elite Victorians. So apart from the two favourites, there's not really anything that I'd, I'd want to go tipping you into. I can't really see anything winning apart from the two favourites, depending on the draws. But um, yeah, it really, really does thin out. And um, come race night, come the final, going to be a lot of horses going around at triple figures in the final, I think. Jason Grimson is a name, I guess, uh, racing fans would probably know more so from um, the, the brawl that he was sort of involved with. And now he's fortunately got a 12-month suspended sentence. Um, he's, he's become sort of the grand final trainer or, you know, the met, the go-to man for the Inter-Dominion. Is, is it worthwhile as a good guide for, a, I guess, a novice punter or a beginner punter just to follow his horses and use him as a starting point if they're trained by him? Yeah, so he's obviously got Swayze, as we discussed. Um, he's also got another couple of roughies, which I believe are confirmed for the series. One is um, Better Zippet, who won the the slot rod nullip or over in Perth uh, back in April. And the other one, I think Narano, um, I haven't checked the rankings, but I think he'd be in the 36, which means he'd probably get a start in the series as well. So even if Swayze comes out, uh, and hi, my name is Jeff, I believe is not going, then it looks like Grimo will still have two roughs. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily winning chances, but given he's a unique knack of peaking horses for big races, and it, particularly with the Inter-Dominion having won at the last two years, he seems to peak them for the final, not necessarily for the heats. But the trick is you've got to earn enough points in the heats to get through to the final. But the two horses that he won the Inter-Finals with recently, they weren't really stars or weren't even really winning any heats, but they snuck through to the final and then he peaked them for the final. So at a big price... Um, if I was to pick one of the two horses out of those two that he's got as roughies in the pacing series, better zip it is a very, very big price and it's best form. It actually does have a lot of ability and you can still get 70 to one, um, or even $11 at the place, uh, with top sport. Have you got anything to, uh, say about, uh, Jason Grimson, uh, without getting into too much, uh, trouble? Spicy? Um, what I'll say is that. He's actually on the precipice of achieving something that's never been done before, and that's winning three Inter-Dominions in a row with three different horses. Um, so that would Bonsell Benjamin in 21, um, I cast no shadow last year in 2022 down in Victoria. And she, you know, if you bring Swayze, you know, he's, he's, a, he's an undeniable chance. So this feat was nearly achieved um, by the great Mark Burden. Uh, he won with Smolder, Lazarus, and then he... Finished third with Cruz Bromac and fourth with Spankham the year after, but then he actually won the fourth into Dominion the year after back back in New Zealand with Ultimate Sniper. So you know to be joining names like that, if he can uh, basically go to the top of the tree and train three into winners with three different horses, it's it's a feat that um, it's huge. It really is. Mm, that'd be m- massive motivation to uh, to get Swayze back on his feet and take him up to the carnival. It seems. Uh... 
Well, just to etch your name in history, it's a massive opportunity for him, and I'm sure he's uh, well aware of that. If uh, we're just going to uh, summarise, uh, I guess your best betting strategies uh, this early. From my understanding, um, we'll post a graphic up on screen now. But uh, Big Cat, yours is uh, the best way to tackle the race now. Would probably be better eclipse the place at four dollars with uh, Top Sport with the query over Swayze at the moment, um, and then in the Trotter side of. Uh, the series just believe at the dollar 80 looks even a stronger chance if you're comparing uh the two uh shorties in both finals you think just believe is the horse to beat and then uh rhino you're going to go the uh the safe way here uh leap to fame at the dollar 80 in the paces and then uh, just believe in the trotters at a dollar 80 as well so boys uh if there's anyone out there that uh i assume spicy you're going to make it to uh all the series if they see you on track make sure they uh they come up shout your beer shake your hand snip you for 20 bucks and uh get you set for the night you'll be there oh well with bells on and what about you, you big cat are you going to uh make the track north up to queensland god's country um i generally try and get up to well around the country to to any inter dominion i can get to but also miracle miles and, and eurekas and a bunch of other things but uh, inter dominions are one thing that over the past sort of 10 or 15 years i've tried to travel interstate whenever i can um I've got a couple of commitments around that time of year. It's a busy time of year leading into Christmas, so I'm not sure if I'll get there. But if I do get there, it'll probably be just for the final. Um, but if anyone sees me on track, come and say hi and we'll have a chat. Make sure you get his set. I'll get both boys set if you bump into them at the races for sure. We're going to be back for the final preview on the 13th of December. So we'll uh, put the microscope over the, all the fields and all the runners uh, for the big races there. And make sure you uh, jump on Twitter and follow the boys as well. And I'm sure they'll um, spend some time with you uh, sharing tips and uh, a little bit of banner back and forth. So that's uh, M Leopard 11 and then Ronald Spice. He's got a couple of aliases this bloke he's pretty shifty typical but uh in the meantime make sure you check out top sport they're uh, live on those two big interdom features and they'll be uh, betting fixed odds and uh, tote products on all the big races and as usual uh on race day they tend to bet the biggest uh for a bookmaker their size they uh they do take a decent size bet so make sure you get on board with topsport.com.au and uh, we'll be back on uh, the 13th of december and hopefully uh lucky enough to uh find you guys a couple of winners but uh big thanks from everyone at little birdie tv for you big cat and uh for you rhino and uh, your time for today's show thanks guys welcome scoot cheers mate we'll see you soon